Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. Welcome to this week's episode of The Flow Line. We're joined today by another recent petroleum engineering graduate, Mr. Nick Asuna, petroleum engineering student from our very own University of Houston, Go Cougs, and president of AADE UH chapter. Nick, welcome to the show. How's everything going post-graduation? Well, I still don't graduate yet. I'll be graduating May 15, but oh, thank you. Close thank enough. You when this, here. Yeah, no, you're welcome. But by the time this airs, you will have been graduated. So that's the nice <laughs> thing about podcasting, or at least for this show, it's not live. So, you know, you can tell the world all these cool things you're about to do. And by the time it gets released, you will have done them. So assuming, you know, we're going to go into the future now, which will be post, you said May 15th? Correct. Wow. So you're pretty much done. Like you are sailing into the sunset, ready to, you know, get your hands dirty and do whatever that you do, whatever it is that, you know, is required to get into this wonderful industry or you not. Correct. Yeah. I'm just about done. I'm ready to get out there and get my hands dirty. Yeah. Kickstart off my career and, you know, just, you know, plan to do this for a long time. So, yeah. No, that's great. So what does that look like right now? Like, are you, do you still have finals or are you pretty much done and just wrapping up loose ends with projects or what does that look like basically the last week of school? So I believe I just have one more final and that'll be on Tuesday. And okay. after that, that's it. <laughs> okay. Wow. I mean, just what a huge relief, you know, I guess for you going through school, has it been tough or like, how would you describe petroleum engineering? Like, let's say just if someone in high school were to come up to you and say, Nick, what is petroleum engineering all about? And is it fun? Did you like it? Like, what would your response be to that? Well, it's fun. It's a lot of work. You know, it's something that you're going to do it. Don't stop. It's going to be tough. You know, you're going to question yourself. You know, I questioned myself a few times when I was still taking the core classes, like university physics. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, up late night and then throughout more, getting more into my petroleum classes, there's a a few classes I was up late night studying, you know, just to get get by. Well, not really get by, but make a good grade on the test. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's, it's challenging. It's tough. You know, it's not easy, but mm. it's rewarding. You know, you just got to set your mind to it. Yeah. I think, if, I think if you set your mind to it, you know, anything is possible. That's so cool. That's cool. When you say, you know, set your mind to it, it, it certainly takes a certain mindset to go to school, you know, and I would argue school is not for everybody you know, but it certainly helps build a good foundation. There's great skills that are learned from it. And, and, you know, it kind of gives you a level of credibility, but it's easy for folks once you kind of hit against a wall and question yourself just to give up. But where did you get the mindset to just kind of keep pushing and pursue and remain persistent and to overcome those uncomfortable feelings of questioning yourself and stuff? Have you always had that mindset or where does that come from? I think I've always had that mindset, you know, my never give up mentality. There's a part of me, I would just want to make my parents like real proud of me. They're immigrants. They came to this country, you know. And Where from? From Mexico. They okay. came here, I believe, on a work visa. And then they had amnesty through, was it President Reagan? Or okay. Reagan or, yeah. 
yeah you know they suffered you know they had their challenges of their own and you know just to give us a better life and you know this is like a little you know thank you for giving me like this life and wow you know, just you know just better myself man i love hearing those stories it's you know we live in a very complex and, and challenging environment right now whether that's energy related, politically related, <laughs> a lot of things happening right now and, and not to really get into the weeds of that, but it's amazing to see that, you know, folks like your parents can come to the US, you obviously have a child, I don't know if you have any brothers or sisters, but give you the values and the fundamentals to have a mindset to, hey, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to, you know, attempt to better myself and, and get a good career in a wonderful industry, whether you pursue oil and gas or anything related to energy, I think everything is important right now. No, that's a huge testament to, to your values and to your parents. And it's so did they kind of push you towards a science-based education or did you always kind of have science and math and engineering in your mind to pursue? Well, you know, they kind of told us like their responsibility was only through high school. You know, we're going to mm. get through high school. You know, if it's up to you or like my older sister, she also graduated from Sam Houston a couple of years ago, 2016. Okay. They just told us, you know, it's up to you if you want to continue school, you know, like we'll support you. But, you know, our responsibility was getting you through high school. As long as you had that high school diploma, you know, you know, I, I just, you know, I took the initiative, you know, I'm going to go to school, you know, I'm going to yeah. continue my education. And I was throughout all my high school, you know, I was really good on science and math. Okay. So that's how I ended as an engineering <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, so engineering is, is, is broad, right? Like there's so many different forms. There's chemical, electrical, mechanical, industrial. Shoot, there's probably about three other ones. There's tons. Biological. You know, so what, why petroleum? Was there something that kind of steered you in that direction? Or did you just throw a dart at the board and say, oh, there, you know, petroleum, I guess I'll try that. Well, you know, being here in Houston, I lived here my whole life. It's the energy capital of the world. Yeah. And back in high school, I believe my sophomore year, forget what it was. It was either career day or college day, one or the other. I believe there were some Texas Tech and A&M people. Petroleum came to talk to us and I was hooked, you know. Okay. <laughs> Next thing you know, in my mind, I want to be a petroleum engineer. And yeah, a few years down the line, here I am. Yeah. So you said there was... Some folks that came to your school and, and you were hooked, but do you remember specifically what was said or kind of the story they told or the narrative that they built around petroleum engineering? Because certainly something resonated with you. And I'm curious what that might have been. I don't remember exactly what they said, but... Um, Did it have anything to do with lots of money? I believe there was a little <laughs> something about that was said, uh, lots okay. of money, you know, get paying career. It was just, you know, just... Hey, well, you live in Houston, you know, everything's here, you know, just those type of things. Yeah, no, that that's great. And and so a, a shout out to whoever that was. Do you remember who it was or was it just a, okay. Well, regardless, it's, I think it's neat that, you know, folks like that can influence the younger generation to get into oil and gas, because I think right now, again, that we're up against quite a bit of resistance and, you know, a lot of folks out there, especially, you know, kids coming out of high school, wanting to get into energy you know, a lot of times we're wanting to get into renewables, which, you know, again, I think is a great thing, but it's oftentimes the perception of getting into oil and gas is a little bit different. So growing up here in Houston, you said, did you have any family or friends that were in oil and gas or, or did you, did you have any sort of like other influences outside of it or? 
not really influence. I did have friends that work like here in Deer Park and Pasadena and refineries. Yeah. You know, it's just, I guess it was just a Houston, you know, just a Houston thing to do going to the oil and gas industry. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly. And so why U of H? I mean, was it because it's just close to home or did you, you know, were you always a Cougar fan or, or what? My whole college education, I paid out of pocket. So wow. good for you. Was, so I started a community college at Lone Star and then I eventually transferred over to U of H just, you know, well, we said I kind of had that financial burden. Mm. So it will be a lot more affordable for me to be at home still and just commute to University of Houston. It was just 20 minutes away from my house. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. And so, like I'd mentioned in the introduction, you know, you're the president of AADE UH Houston chapter, which is a testament to you getting out there and networking and trying to build community and support community. And I think we actually met for the first time last week at the Oilfield Helping Hands Clay Shoot. And, you know, you were just, you know, running around talking and getting to know as many people as you can. And it's funny because a buddy of mine, John Giesbrecht, who's, you know, he's a petroleum engineer. And I think he either met you or he had suggested going to, there was a Minute Maid Park event, energy related. And he just said, yeah, you know, this Nick gentleman is running around and, you know, he's just young and eager to please. And it seems like everyone I talk to that's been to two events, like, yeah, have you, have you met Nick, the, the UH petroleum engineer? He just seems to be getting out there. But man, I applaud you. And I have a lot of students, recent graduates on LinkedIn that'll reach out and, and just, hey, are you hiring or have any suggestions? And the blueprint for me is just get out, build relationships, add value where you can to folks, even offer to just volunteer your time at whatever it is that's going on right now. And especially with things opening up, you know, like you said, I think next week or no, tomorrow you're going to another clay shoot. But I guess, you know, I say that to ask the question is, is how did you get involved with kind of putting yourself out there instead of just saying, oh, I'm just, I'm going to get a degree and everything's going to be honky dory. Where does that sort of networking ambition come from? Well, you know, I started networking back, I believe when I started at the University of Houston, it wasn't where I'm at right now, you know, just started out going to event here and there. Yeah. You know, I'll just ask for advice and People would just say, well, just keep networking. You know, this is the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just eventually, you know, I attended more events, learned about more organizations. And, you know, I'm everywhere now. <laughs> you and are. Also, your face is everywhere. <laughs> also, I believe, you know, John from Carbo Ceramics. Yeah. I met him at a clay shoot. <laughs> Took me out for lunch one day and he's all like, yeah, well, you have to network, you know, show me, introduce me to people and he was sending me events through LinkedIn and next thing you know, I'm just looking on LinkedIn, every event I can get into, you know, I'll yeah. be there. Yeah, no, I commend you. And then I noticed you had one of your friends. It was one, it was your friend at the clay shoot too. You were bringing him around and. That's actually my cousin. Or your cousin. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good. Showing him the ropes. Cause he, he's a junior, right? At U of H. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. So he's following his cousin's footsteps, huh? Correct. <laughs> yeah. I, one thing I admire, you know, I think it's probably the hardest thing for students out there on the networking front because you don't know anybody and you, I don't mean this in a harsh way, but you don't have as much to offer in a way. I mean that from just a pure exchange of if Justin and I go meet somebody who's at our same level in our careers or what have you, it's like, hey, I could probably call this guy and, you know, someday and get something out of him. Or and I don't, I try not to make that too selfish, but people help people, right? And when you develop that mutual respect, you know, it's, hey, I have something to offer you, you have something to offer me, like, let's understand where we can help each other, is a lot of where people get comfortable networking. And when you're a student, you're, 
you know, you're like, Hey, I don't, you know, I'm not running anything yet, but it's a start. Right. And so the flip side of that is if you talk yourself out of it, what you realize is every single one of those people who has something to, you know, offer or exchange as, as part of their network takes a look back and remembers when they were in your shoes where they say, Hey, I don't really bring anything to the table. I'm just trying to meet people and realize that's, that's where it all begins. And so it's good on you just because I was terrified of it. You know, I'm 15 years into my career and I'm still probably one of the people who's a little more nervous, but I've realized I've just stuck around long enough that I already know a few people, but it's, it's great. You're getting out there early on because it just, the sooner you do it, the sooner it pays dividends. So way to be Nick. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So Nick, tell us a little bit about AEDE. What is it all about for the UH chapter? Are there any interesting events or can you tell us, you know, why it would be beneficial for folks to join AEDE and especially students who may be on the fence? Give us a little bit of understanding on where you stand with that and and why it's important. So yes, for the students, we offer a lot of benefits. You get to build your resume. You know, we take you out of network. You make friends, which is really important, you know, in school, you know, when it comes to studying, mm-hmm. you got to have those friends, you know, you might not understand something someone else will, or someone took that class already. We have some, I believe, professional development, that's workshops, you know, we bring in people, guest speakers. Mm. So me being president in the COVID pandemic, everything was virtual. So it wasn't the same experience yeah. in person. But, you know, I still made the best of it. I still made connections. I still tried. I brought everybody I could in to come speak to us. And I believe I was able to branch out a little bit more than anyone else has. And hopefully, you know, looking towards the future, we'll be able to, well, I won't be a student no more. But but I still plan to be involved. You know, I still plan to be there, you know, help the most I can. Mm. Always show love and support and, you know, just, you know, help the organization keep growing. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. ADE has done such a great job. I know we do some things with ADE. And I mean, that's one of the very first organizations I joined when I moved down here from Canada and to Pennsylvania is join that. And, and it was just, it was so cool because it was kind of, you know, it, it was, it's about building community and, you know, oftentimes you'd be at different events and, oh, are you an ADE member? Yeah. Okay, cool. We have this event going on and it's just neat to see them grow. And and to add to that, I mean, they're a great resource. I know for me on the drilling fluid side, there's a lot of good AADE papers and even stuff that we've done. Matt and his group have been a part of, you know, if you're young and, 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 you know, the best thing you can do is not only network, but to build your sort of build your, I mean, toolbox, if you will. And there's a lot of good resources out there, whether it's, you know, really anything to do with drilling, whether it's drilling fluids, you know, down rock mechanics, directional drilling bits, they do a fantastic job of organizing all those papers. And from what I understand, as long as you're a member, and I don't even know if you have to be a member, to be honest with you, to go online and have access to them. So keep yeah, learning. They're free. Right. They're yeah. free. And I mean, that's one thing I love about AAD is the papers are free for anybody. You know, SPE papers, if you're a member, cost between 8 and $10. My view is about one in three is any good, which means you spent $30, which kind of stinks. As you know, <laughs> I read many, many papers. If you ever look at my floor... <laughs> and so that's something that I really encourage. And the other thing that is really great is the luncheons and the slides are uploaded on the website. So yeah, it's a little more tricky because like you have to pick the Houston chapter. So you go find the Houston chapter and then, you know, somebody presents on directional or something. And similarly, 
for the, so there's a fluids management group, there's a new technology group, and they have presentations and seminars for that. So there's a ton of stuff, shameless plug, but it starts with a student. Oh, Matt, you froze for about five seconds. For all the listeners out there, he hadn't finished his coffee, so he kind of went into shock and like frozen time. But Matt, really, to sum it up, you said there, you know, you can access all of this stuff online. And, you know, like you said, you have to go into the Houston chapter. But I mean, really, like Matt was saying, just to supplement it, I encourage people to go on there, access the resources. And then, you know, the luncheons, there's a lot of great speakers. I know the one that I enjoy the most is Richard Spears comes down every winter right before the new year and, and gives his sort of comical take on the industry. He likes to poke holes in a lot of narratives that are being built and then follows up with a pretty good outlook and, and forecast for the following year. And so that's always a good one. I, I got to give the Spears brothers a shout out. They do a fantastic job in what they do. But Nick, so for someone who's you know recently graduated, you know what can the oil and gas industry do to become more attractive to students who would otherwise want to go work for whether it's big tech or, you know, any other industry. Cause I mean, the reality is right now, you know, we're, we're growing as an industry. Well, I'd say we're either growing or shrinking, but right now I'd say we're on a, on a growing path. And a lot of people want to get into sort of kind of the sexier industries. And I think ours is, but you look at media and it maybe is not, what can we do as an industry to attract young talent and folks like yourself to keep bringing in the next generation of, of leaders into the industry? I think like Matt mentioned, you know, since we're students, you know, myself, I had to like pretty much invite myself to the networking events. But if, but if you know, the oil and gas community can make it more student friendly and invite students to go network, I think that will really be beneficial for a lot of students, you know, mm. I have, you know, some of my colleagues reach out to me like, hey, have you been to this event? Like, yes, I have, you know, just show up, you know, yeah, show up, you know, start shaking hands, meet people, you know, just have a good time. Yeah. If they're a little bit more student friendly and, you know, invite the students out, you know, hey, you know, we have this going on. Yeah. You know, that would really be beneficial. Understood. So while going to, well, let me ask you this. I didn't go to high school in the U.S., but when you were in high school, were there a lot of oil and gas or any industry would come to the high school and do stuff like that? Or like, well, not obviously networking, but coming and doing a presentation or, I mean, was there anything like that? No, I don't think in my high school, there was anything like that. I believe there was more like, you know, just colleges coming out, college right. students coming out and talking to us about, you know, their career path they have chosen. And yeah, makes sense. No, that's interesting. I don't know about Google and Apple and stuff, but I would imagine they probably, they're probably recruiting at a very young age for, for talent. Cause I know they, you know, with analytics and all the other stuff they have access to, there's no talent. It's kind of like sports, you know, like you get scouts coming out to a five-year-old baseball game and it's like, geez, you know, we need to start doing that for oil and gas so we can start keeping, keeping talent <laughs> or getting talent. But anyway, so Nick, is there anything else that you'd like to relay any message that you'd like to relay to anyone out there considering a career in oil and gas or at least getting into petroleum engineering? You know, my best advice would be, you know, just stick with it. You know, plenty of people have told me, you know, it always works out, you know, just stick with it. If you're really going to want it, you know, you'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love your never give up mentality. And one other thing I, I would encourage, like, you know, for you, Nick, and everyone else is do your research. You know, there's a lot of stuff online, a lot of media headlines, 
you know, saying oil and gas is dying, this and that, or whatever the case may be. But the reality is we need energy in all forms. Energy demand is certainly not falling off anytime soon. And right now is a great time to get into our industry. And, you know, there's, I think there's a shift in the type of jobs that may be out there, but this still presents a ton of opportunity. And don't always look at the big, you know, the big major oil and gas companies as the only career path. You know, there's companies like us that are a mid-sized publicly traded company that quite frankly, I think we're probably the best company to work for in oil and gas, hands down. I mean, I've met a lot of people along the way Amen. and there's a lot of people out there that there's always like, yeah, I like my company, but, or, oh yeah, you know, I work for this big company that, you know, has thousands and thousands of people. I feel like just a number, but like everyone within our organization is happy and is ready to go to work, is willing to help everyone. Team is everything that we surround ourselves with. It's always, you know, thanking everyone else. We work hard, we play hard and we get well compensated. And, and I don't think a lot of companies can offer the entire package like we can. I'd love to hire everyone in their you know, brother and sister to come on board, but the reality is we can't. But I say that to say there are a ton of great companies out there, you know, whether that's in tech, oil field services, you know, land services, there's such a wide array of different jobs that tie into oil and gas. So it's, you know, you got to do a little research, but oftentimes I feel like if people don't get hired on at Shell, Chevron, Exxon, or Conoco, they think that there's no opportunities, but there are just a small drop in the bucket compared to what else is out there. So that's one thing for you, Nick, I would encourage you, you know, you're doing great by, you know, meeting us and, but there's just, yeah, there's tons out there. You just got to spend the time researching and networking to seek those opportunities. So Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure and certainly hope to, to shake hands here again soon. Like I said, you know, the COVID numbers are looking great and people are getting out. We're doing networking events. And yeah, I think we've got a great future here ahead of us. So Nick, thanks again for joining us. What's the best way for folks to reach out to you if they have any questions regarding AEDE or even about U of H? If someone out there, you know, is considering going to U of H, you know, I'm sure that you'd love to talk to them. What's the best way to reach out to you? I believe it will be through my LinkedIn. Name is Nicholas Acuna. I believe you'll probably tag me. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, of course. When we release the episode, we'll make sure we tag you. And that way, if people want to connect with you, they can certainly do that easily. So no problem there. Perfect. Thank you Matt. for having me here today, Justin and Matt. It's been a pleasure. Good seeing you again, Nick. Appreciate awesome. having you. All right. Well, go Cougs and everyone out there. Thanks for listening. If you could, please support the show by leaving a quick review. Also, if you have a great story, comments, or if you know there's something that you would like to hear from a technical perspective on drilling fluids, or if there's people that we need to interview and you think they'd just be the best thing since sliced bread to come on the show, we're always open to the conversation. So hit us up on LinkedIn, or you can hit us up at the Flowline podcast at aesfluids.com. Everyone out there, take care and be safe. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flow Line. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.